This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for September 28th, episode 2528, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people. The 145th Preakness Stakes with the call, Larry Colmas. And here comes Live Your Beast Life up to the outside stall, and they're all in line, ready for the start. They're off in the Preakness. New York traffic feared out at the break in the Philly Swiss Skydiver came out strongly. Thousand words and stable made authentic are right behind and Art Collector is fourth early on. Then Pneumatic on the outside. Live your beast life outside of Jesus' team. New York traffic is next. Mr. Big News is racing nine lengths from the front. Then Max Player on the inside and in session. So Bob Baffert's horses are one, two into that first turn. Thousand words is leading authentic by a half a length. The opening quarter mile was slow. 24.48 seconds. Pneumatic is third on the outside while going three wide on that turn. Saving all the ground on the rail is Swiss Skydiver. Art Collector is between those two. Racing just three lengths off the lead as Authentic sticks his neck in front of the backstretch, taking over from Thousand Words now. Pneumatic and Art Collector right there in contention. Swiss Skydiver is fifth. And then New York traffic on the outside. Jesus' team, Mr. Big News. Max Player sent through on the inside. Live your beast life and accession. 47.65 was the half mile and an early move now. Swiss Skydiver come through on the inside of Authentic and the two of them are now matching strides as they race for the far turn. The Phillies in front. Swiss Skydiver by a neck. Authentic on the outside second. Pneumatic is third. Art Collector is coming under pressure. He has to do better. After that in fifth position comes Jesus' team. Three quarters up in 111.24, and they're into the stretch, and it's Swiss Skydiver, the Philly, and the Kentucky Derby winner, Authentic. They are nose-to-nose as they arrive at the final furlong. Swiss Skydiver digs in at the rail. Authentic on the outside. These two putting on a show. The Derby winner in the Philly. Swiss Skydiver inside. Authentic outside. They're nose-to-nose all the way to the wire, and it is going to be... Was it the Philly Swiss Woo! Skydiver? I think she did it. It was the Philly Swiss Skydiver. Oh my God. She was like, I, she put, she lived her beast life. Okay. <laughs> she was not letting that cult in front of her. She just fought and fought and fought. And Acceler, you know, he knows how to win. And she, I believe, came in second in the, um, and the the Philly race, you know, so I, I mean, oh my gosh, I just think she just did such a fantastic job. I hadn't seen it until just now, so this is the first time I saw it. I didn't realize oh. how close it was. Oh my god, it was like nose. It was nose to nose all the way down the backstretch. It was. Or, it was yeah. a heck of a race, and she just. I mean, like she just wouldn't let him win. Nope. She just wouldn't <laughs> let him win. Now I saw that you had posted. Um, there's a little in our show notes, a little detail about somebody else. Who might have ridden the horse? Yeah, so so the way this worked was the jockey that was supposed to ride uh, Swiss Skydiver pulled out like a couple days before the race. 
And they went to Mike Smith next. And they talked to Mike Smith's agent, and Mike Smith turned the ride down. And that's why it went to uh, Robbie uh, uh, Alvarado. That's why it went to him, because Mike Smith turned it down. I thought you'd be so happy about that. Do you know what would have happened if Mike Smith would have been on this Philly during this race? <laughs> We'd have came in second. He'd have come in second. <laughs> that's what he. That's what he do. You know, Robbie Alvarado. Phillies. He's he, he. This is his first real big win since 2017, and you know he's been a he's a veteran jockey. He's won 220 million dollars in purses and 5200 races, but the last few years he's kind of slowed down and. You know, so for him, this was a big kind of comeback race. Uh, yeah. So yeah. kind of neat. Uh, and and Ken McPeak was a trainer, and a certain other trainer didn't win. So that's good. I mean, <laughs> I was really on board with Bob Baffert when, like, you know, American Pharaoh was getting it done, and I was like, yes. And then then uh, it was like all about uh, about about him, Bob Baffert. And then you know, then we have Justify. We're like. Okay. Yay. <laughs> and then accelerate. I'm like, oh my God, are you freaking kidding me? Enough. <laughs> well, that's, that's enough. what happens though when you get a winning trainer. Everybody sends their good horses to that trainer. So it's kind of a, you know, a self fulfilling prophecy then. So that's why it's kind of cool to see Ken uh, win and, and uh, Mike Smith turn it down. So, and to see yeah. the Philly Swiss skydiver win. Girl yes. power, man. It was a 2020. We needed a victory. I wonder what the winning, because she was 11 to 1, so I bet you paid some money, too. Uh, yeah, paid some money. it probably paid 11 to 1. Yeah, <laughs> probably Somewhere paid $3 to win <laughs> instead of 2, which is what it would have been if Authentic had won. Yeah, so good job. That was a fun race. Well, on today's show, our Equiderma guest is eventer Liz Holiday, who all of you know who listen to Horse Radio Network. She was a past host of the Eventing Radio Show. She stops by to catch us up on her absolutely amazing year. She is kicking butt this year. COVID has agreed with her and her horses. Uh, we have Daniel Curry on to tell us about Griff and how he uses horses to teach people about preserving the wild spaces left in the country. And we have some questions. Do they have a question for us for problems? Did anybody have any? Oh, do they? <laughs> oh, God, our poor listeners, the things they go through. I'm going to tell you all about their equestrian first world problems, too. And Jamie has some new horses in, so we're going to talk a little bit about that and some other stuff coming up as well. We'll have a post show for you today, uh, so hang around for the auditors for that. But first, we have a Daily Winnies. Okay, birthday people, auditors, I, because <laughs> I'm going to be out for a while, went through as far as I could go ahead in Facebook, and it basically was to the 18th, so hopefully we can catch your birthdays, uh, hopefully uh, uh, Jamie can catch your birthdays uh, that following week, but I think I'm catching most of them, and I apologize if I don't. So this is the birthday list coming up over the next week. We have Felicia Pandorf, Nikki Lambert, Mary Mariana, Mariana, Alan, Kara Popplestone, Kayla Benny. Hi, Kayla, one of our hosts. Uh, Caitlin Drazowski, Kathy Lynn, Patty Perry, and Lisa Grunewald. 
Oh, also Carol Carter. So happy birthday to all of you. Wow, that was terrible. Good job. You know what? If he mispronounces your name, it's a badge of it honor. Was, I was good, terrible. That's perfect. That was yes. terribly. I also want to welcome new auditors. We have Christina <laughs> Gerald and Jessica, who doesn't have a last name. So uh, both of them are new auditors in the last week. And raising pledges in the last week, we have Danielle Gregori, Hannah Reppert, and Samiko K. Samiko, we haven't seen Samiko in a while. Uh, so they all raised their pledges yourself. a good bit. So uh, thank you for that. We appreciate that. Has Samiko been commenting? I haven't seen her post lately. She and I chat. Oh, we're in got touch. It. Got it. Okay, it's a private thing. I'm not included. Mm-hmm. In there. Yeah, yeah. She tried to hide. <laughs> so I'm in. I'm starting to look for horses because I, I begin my clinic this weekend. The Monty Roberts uh, intro course starts on the uh, 9th, which is Friday, and so I've been kind of putting the feelers out for horses because I need some really calm, nice horses to do join up and to tack up and to be long lined. So, um, my friend Rebecca said, you know what? I've got a horse. He's gentle as a kitten and he's white and he's beautiful. And so I'm going to bring him over and she brought him over last night, but I just, I'm like the stall doors open. I'm getting Lucas to bed. Like just put him in the stall. I'll go look at him. Glenn, now the people that are coming to this course, aside from Abby, are about my height. Okay. Five two. Everybody They're you know, all five two. <laughs> from what I recall, Mary and Mary aren't super tall ladies. Uh and the horse that dear sweet Rebecca just brought in for me to let these ladies practice tacking. Oh, this is a specific way of, you know, tacking in the join up and the long lining. This horse is almost 18 hands tall. Well, that'll be perfect. <laughs> practice. You know, once you practice with the big ones, the small ones are easy. Like, Rebecca, <laughs> how am I supposed to get a saddle on top of this horse? And how are these ladies supposed Step to get ladders. a saddle on top of this horse? Well, he is well, a percher on cross or something. And he's like a percher on sport horse. He is freaking ginormous. I was like, I don't think that this is going to, she's like, we just have to try him. Okay. Just try him out. I was like, He's freaking huge. Like, Did you I call her back and say, do you have a nice little quarter horse for us? <laughs> I was, I, I, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this thing. And so I'm going to test him out a little bit later. But if I can't get tack on him, they can't get tack <laughs> well, on him. desensitization training for the stepladder you're going to need. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jesus, you didn't tell me that he was like 18 hands tall. Like ridiculous. <laughs> I'll post a photo later on our Horses in the Morning Auditor's Facebook page of this ginormous white puffball dragon that she has brought <laughs> to me to use in this clinic. That's funny. Well, good luck with that. Uh... I don't even know his name. She just calls him the unicorn. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, look, he's perfect. He's a unicorn. He's a unicorn. <laughs> yeah, what could possibly go wrong? I think famous last words. <laughs> hey, y'all watch this. Yeah. Hey, before we get to the other horses that have come in here lately and uh, our guests today, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Uh, just do some housekeeping here. Uh, obviously, there are no live shows in the month of October. We have announced that before. We're now in October and this show is not live. So you probably noticed that. 
so uh, we'll bring live back in November, uh, but for now, October, because of all the scheduling uh, We still record it as live, because I'm not one of those people that can just be like, cut, try No, we're recording it as live now. We haven't haven't cut once, and we're uh, 13 minutes in. We're doing good. Uh, Also, the Horse Radio Network and several of the uh, sub-sites for the other shows on the Horse Radio Network is down. The website is down. It's been down for about four days. I'm going to call out Host Monster, who is our host, who has been terrific for 12 years. Not so good anymore. Uh, And our web guy over the weekend who lives in Germany has been fighting with Host Monster for hours, which is probably costing me a freaking fortune. So, but the website is still down. We still haven't solved the problem. It's some kind of server issue. They're saying it's our fault. We're saying it's their fault, and it's a battle. And I don't recommend host monsters. So there, um, that's where we're at. Uh, this will not affect you getting the shows. The ho- thank God. I don't know if you remember a year, couple years ago, I switched all the hosting of the sound files to a different place. And they're not hosted on our servers anymore, which means you'll still be able to listen to the shows on your players. They'll be served up just fine. If not, if they were still on ours like the old way, like older shows you wouldn't be able to get to, uh, shows that are more than two years old probably, you wouldn't be able to get to right now. Thank God I did that. Uh, so anyway, that's why I'm not as stressed as I would have been. That's why we call him Glenn the Geek, you guys. He ra- rambles Ugh. on about geeky stuff that nobody cares about. Can they hear it? I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, I also want to go over schedule because this is the week things change a bit. Uh, and you know what I always hate? And you know you worked in radio. I hate in radio when you listen to – in the old days when we used to listen to radio, like Morning Drive and stuff, they would just go on vacation and not tell everybody and put up replays. And nobody would know. You wouldn't even know. They would just never mention that they're going. I and and that. that's also how they do it when they fire somebody. They just never talk about it. You're right. just, yeah, James is just not there. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> so I hate that. So we always announce here what's going on. So you're 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 not in the dark. Uh, tomorrow we will be dark. There's no show tomorrow. It's the first Tuesday of the month, and we still don't have uh, somebody filling that spot yet. Hopefully we will next month. Wednesday Debbie's going to fill in for me because uh, tomorrow I start getting ready for my surgery. Thursday, we have Mary and Jen are going to have a brand new episode for you, a training episode. They're recording it today. Uh, And then I have my surgery on Thursday. So there's that. Today is my last day of real food for a while. Uh, So I'm going to eat everything in sight, everything I can find today. Uh, I mean, not that I would ever recommend going to the Golden Corral, but if you were, today is the day. (laughs) Do you think? And just sit there through like 10 p.m. right now with COVID. I thought about. You know what I did think about going uh, because you can get takeout there. I did think about. I thought about, there was a couple of them. I have a couple of my favorites, and I'm really thinking barbecue today. I'm really thinking that. Or Cracker Barrel. I was thinking Cracker Barrel, oh, too. Oh, gosh. You have the worst <laughs> taste in food. Good God. We love Cracker Barrel. I love Cracker Barrel. All right, so um, so that's what's coming up Friday. Then we will have a best of show for you because Jamie starts her thing on Friday, too. Uh, so yeah. that's what the schedule be. looks like for this week. And uh, th- keep checking your feeds for, for new episodes coming up. Uh, and then uh, I'll post. Uh, if you want to see how I'm doing, I'll post that on my personal page. You'll find that there. So that's where we're at with that. Uh, one other thing, if you do want to become an auditor, as we talked about our auditors, they're super fans. You can, fi- you can do that by going. To, well, you can't really go there right now. Forget I said it. <laughs> you can't become an auditor today. Can't, uh, sorry, no auditor today. 
<laughs> you have to wait till the website comes back up and then you become an auditor. All right. Well, there's that. I'm so, just letting you ramble, dude. Are you done? I'm done. What about horses? Tell me about horses. Oh, man, I had some, some really good news for you. So um, not for you personally, for like, you know, the universe. Um, you know, Malachi, that little 14-hand quarter horse monster that came yes. that would rather rear than do anything. anything. Um, <laughs> his owner, who is an 18-year-old girl. No, I didn't just do this. I had, I had prepped him for this. His owner got on and took him on a trail ride on my adjacent 20 acres now of trails. And he was perfect. So she had to ride him through a ginormous field, a 20 acre field into the trails, which are very tiny. And he was perfect. And you know, what was so great is that he, um, was perfect for her. We came back and then hit the 18 year old's mother, um, fell in love with the psychic and adopted the psychic. It was awesome. Another so horse had, that you had there? <laughs> my, hor my horse, uh, horse and hound horse, is, he, his name is The Psychic, and oh, he's okay. been here for about eight days. I thought you were days. keeping a psychic. Maybe I was picturing her living in the little house you used to, you know, yeah, on the property no. with a sign out front. She, well, so. she had really fallen in love with him. They've been coming every Sunday to see Malachi and to get a riding lesson, and, and she had um, really bonded with him over the last week because he was very skittish and I said just go in and pet him and love on him and, and it's good for him so she did and apparently she just fell in love with him through this whole thing so um I, this is a woman just the intelligence of a woman so she decides that she wants to take him home she wants to adopt him great she already had an approved application through horse and hound so it was like okay great well do you want to Put him in the trailer or something? Like, what do you want to do? And, and the husband, he's there and he goes, well, you don't have a halter for him. And she goes, yes, I do. I brought one. <laughs> she was ready the whole time. She made it seem like it was some spur of the moment. Yeah, you know what? I think I will take him. I think I will take him home and give him a good home and love on him. And uh, yeah, the husband's like, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that today because he ain't got no halter. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. It's in the chair. I'll go get it. <laughs> so I love it. That made me so happy. Did um, he have another one? We usually have a second or third comeback. Did no horse husband second or third comeback? Like, no, he just said, okay. Oh. <laughs> he was like, I can't believe you. <laughs> he you lost. One? Yeah, there was no arguing at that point. So, yeah. So, so Malachi, who didn't load, loaded like an angel. The psychic loaded like an angel and they went home on their way. So congratulations to both of them. It was graduation day and it was, um, adoption day. So wow. that was a very well, good day terrific. for me. Yeah. And, so, and I'm glad that horse turned out, you know, worked out for that girl too. She, she needed she a safe was, horse. She was ear to ear. I mean, uh, you know, he's Did still you arrange for the deer herd to spook her while she was in the woods? I did. I did bring all the Canada geese into the field, so they they did come when they were called, but no, no deer showed up. <laughs> the deer up. didn't show up. <laughs> no. Um, and then I have Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle is a mystery. Um, belongs to a lady who bought her, and she's kind of been sitting in a field for a couple of years, and she didn't stop or turn, but she'd had riders on. Now she stops, turns, and she does a little dressage. So I'm pretty pleased with that one. And then I have Katie. Katie just arrived this weekend <clears throat> uh, on Friday, actually. And Katie is another tank of a quarter horse. She might've been like too short to be 
a halter horse kind of failed because she's got that really big, ginormous, beefy body with the little tiny toothpick legs. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, yep. So Katie came to me because she was bought at a kill pen by these by these people uh, that live not too far from here. And the older lady uh, and her daughter kind of adopted her. And I say older, she's not old, but uh, they adopted her and took her to the farm. And she's like, she was so sweet. I just wasn't really even thinking. And I went to pick her feet. And then she tried to kick my head in when I picked up her back feet. Oh, good. So apparently you couldn't touch your back feet at all. And after three days, I, yesterday was the first day I was able to pick up her back feet. Uh, we've been working with them every day. And I would like to say proudly, I was able to reach down and pick them up. Now, my farrier's coming today and she might disagree and say we might have to wait. <laughs> but <laughs> the point is, we could do it. It was awesome. So that's another one that's here. And she is six years old and is here to get started and have all these remedial issues. Just so you know. Was she handled people, it all? Yeah, I, I don't know how much she was handled before the kill pen. I do think she was handled, but it was it was poorly because I think I, now I don't know that much about halter horses or a lot of that Western training, but you can't touch your back legs and you can't touch your ear. So what does that say? She might've been, and the rope behind her legs was just the worst thing in the world. And so you couldn't have anything touch her below the hawk. And so I think probably she was roped mm. or, or hobbled. Did they do that to halter? Just tie, tie up their back feet and just make them deal they, with it. Lord knows what they do to their feet. <laughs> yeah. So something really bad had happened to her feet at some point, whether she was roped or hobbled or tied. I, I don't know. People, you know, so, I mean, sometimes those guys will take a rope. Uh, the cowboy type will take a rope and then have a Western saddle on the horse and, and tie the rope to the horn. So yep. the horse's leg is in the air. Um, and, and I know you guys think that doesn't happen anymore. And, oh, it does. Oh, it does. So there's a lot of terrible things. And then when you can't touch a horse's ear, you can rub their face and rub all over their neck. and But you can't touch their ear. That means somebody has grabbed that ear and twisted it down like an ear twitch. If you ever see that, speak for those who can't speak for themselves. Stop it. And that's enough of my soapbox, but I, I'm definitely looking forward <laughs> to It's enough horse to stop talking. We're not enough. talking about horses anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, but but she is six and we will uh, get her started and have her first rider on and see how far we go. It's going to be fun. By the way, I absolutely love what I do. It's so fun. Uh, I would like to thank Kevin You're happier for being... now. I've known you for a long time now. You're happier now than you have been ever in the past that I've known you. Oh, thank you. I mean, you have a farm and a nice farm and all that stuff, but I think it's your job too. I think that's. I I just I get down to the barn every morning. And I'm just thrilled to be there, and and for those of you that do hire trainers, please make sure they're they're doing right by your horse. That would be like one thing I could say. <clears throat> anyway, here's a new bucket challenge for you. Grab a bucket and drill 20 holes in the bottom. Next, fill it with water. Then see how far you can carry it before it's completely empty. Actually, don't do that. It's a waste of time and a perfectly good bucket. Plus, you know how that experiment ends. It ends with an empty bucket. What you might not know is leaks in your horse's intestinal barrier, known as leaky gut syndrome, can result in various health and welfare problems. In fact, gut issues are the number one cause of premature death in horses. Good nutrition and attention to gut health can alleviate the negative impacts of stress and help promote immunity, performance, healthy weight, nutrient absorption, and positive attitude. Kemen is the industry leader in gut health solutions for optimal gut health. Ensure your feed 
includes Clostat and Butapearl ZEQ from Kemen. Learn more at kemen.com slash leaky gut. Thank you to Kemen for their continued support. We appreciate it. Uh, next up is our first guest, Daniel Curry. He's with a, uh, he has an organization called Griff, G-R-I-P-H. We're going to find out what that is. We're going to the great Northwest to talk to him. I think Washington State. And uh, he does a lot of work with the environment and horses. And we're going to see how those two come together when we talk to Daniel. Hi, Daniel. It's uh, Jamie and Glenn. How are you? Hey, good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Glenn. Not bad. How about you guys? Good. Thanks for chatting with us. We really appreciate it. I'm getting a little bit of an echo. Are you Absolutely. on an earbuds or anything? No, I'm on a... My phone actually goes through my satellite internet because I live kind of remotely. Ah, um, okay. Are you also like, listening to the show? No, I guess you wouldn't be. No, it's not live <clears> today. I don't, no, I, no. But uh, we'll give it a try. Oh, okay. I'll uh, keep sure. my questions okay. short. You're not echoing. We are, so... <laughs> Daniel, are you guys okay firewise where you are? Um, yeah, actually, I'm very blessed to be out of the fire path here. Uh, lots of smoke, kind of constantly inundated with that outside. But right now, we're looking at blue skies, so very thankful for that. Good. What is Griff? So, well, the horse or the business? No, the business <laughs> first. Let's start there. So the business is a. Um, it's the first and currently only small business in Washington state that focuses on human wildlife conflict mitigation. So basically any kind of potentially dangerous animal, I try and intervene and try and um, condition those animals to not exhibit these, these behaviors that are unwanted around people's property or their uh, livelihood or their family. So, and I go about that in a kind of a menagerie of ways here, a plethora of ways. So give us an example. Okay, um, so one time I was actually going over to, in this example you can find on my website, a little snippet clip of it. Um, I was actually tracking wolves for a rancher friend of mine in kind of like uh, an adjacent valley to, to the one that I'm living in currently. And I was going over there and I had a scheduled appointment to kind of put some pressure on him. He has a calving operation that I didn't want to have kind of be affected by the wolves, and I didn't want the wolves to get in trouble from going down into the calving operation and taking advantage of that. So he called me the night before, though, and said, Hey, Daniel, um, I have a hay swather in my barn. I really need to get that out and be really nice to get that out. But I went in there, and there's a cougar in there. And <laughs> I think I'm going to have to shoot it because I'm just kind of scared to go in there and get my hay swather. And I was like, Here, kitty, kitty, well, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't want to go in there either, man. I mean, that's kind of a scary deal um, if I just kind of got surprised by that. And I was like, well, I'll take a look at it when I go over there tomorrow to put some pressure on those wolves. So I go there, and um, the gentleman's cowhand shows up, and he meets me at the barn, and he says, what are you going to do? And I, I said, well, I'm going to look around there and see if I can find the animal and then put some pressure on the animal and push him out and try and condition them to not look at that barn as a safe place to den up for the winter. So I went down there and actually found two cougars, which was kind of like, well, <laughs> I only <laughs> was planning on dealing with one of you guys today, but I guess I have a reservation for two now. So I uh, ended up going in there. Um, oh, yeah, before that, though, the cowhand goes, so what'd you find? I was like, well, I found two cougars. And he was like, two? And I was like, yeah, actually. And he goes, well, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to go down there, same plan, push some pressure, and then uh, 
get him to kind of leave the barn alone and leave you guys alone. And he goes, well, do you want me to wait here? And I was like, for what? He's like, to call the ambulance after you get out of there. I'd <laughs> <laughs> be okay. And he goes, all right, well, you're crazy, man. So I went under there, and uh, it was actually wintertime, so I had a ski pole and a, and a snowshoe. And I kind of crawl, crawled perpendicular to him and poked that cougar in the butt with my ski pole, and it got out. And you poked? Had to, wait a minute, wait flares. a minute, Daniel. You poked a cougar in the butt with a pole? Yeah, well, it was a ski pole, so it was a soft end. I didn't use a sharp no, end. No, but, but I give. Well, yeah, I don't basically. care what kind of pole. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the point. Huh? It's not the that's point. Not the point huh? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So, I am yeah, feeling yeah, like less of a man as this call goes on. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We all have our own Everest, you know. <laughs> that one, to put me in that position, I'm more comfortable than if you dunked me in the middle of the city, to be honest. I would be, like, calling you saying, Glenn, how do I navigate in here? And I'm very scared and nervous. So. You're nervous, Glenn? So, I'm, I'm kind of thinking he sounds really hot. So... <laughs> It's all good. Daniel, what what you talk about putting pressure. This is this is interesting. You talk about putting pressure to keep them out. Yeah. Just poking them in the butt gets rid of them and then they stay out. What what's the so, pressure? Yeah, so what you're doing is you're kind of stacking up this aversive uh pressure. Basically this uh all wildlife are risk to gain managers. So that was a very um low risk, high gain. There was nobody in that barn. It was very um unused during that portion of the year so what they're looking at is like hey this is a great place to go there's nobody in here we're not getting messed with let's just continue this behavior and obviously that wasn't a wanted behavior by the guy with the swather in the barn so what i did is i basically took that risk uh variable of that equation and just skyrocketed it by saying hey there's a human that's going to come in here and start actually making physical contact with you. And that kind of blew their mind. When I first looked at them, they were like, yeah, I bet. what are you doing? I mean, they were more they were more nervous of me than I was of them. And and basically, you're just using that presence. And we can stack that up. Uh, so a lot of methods, you know, you, you actually don't start with physical contact. But in close proximity like that, I mean, the crawl space, I couldn't stand up. And I'm a pretty big guy. I'm like six, five and a half. And the crawl space is about uh, three and a half feet. Had yep, its highest hot. point, so I'm on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was something. I'll tell you that. But um, did yeah, they leave, or did they did they show any aggression yeah. toward you at all? No, it was more just like a benign curiosity of what the heck is this ugly human doing down here in our den? <laughs> this is really weird. We didn't have anything like room service scheduled like this. So um, that pressure is enough to actually. Um, to, to make them leave, and then what I did is once they exited that uh, that structure, I actually followed them in the woods and tracked them for a while and just continued to put some pressure on them. And they ended up uh, not coming back to that ranch. The gentleman hadn't seen that or heard that animal again for for since as long as we know. So we've had other cougars in the area, but it wasn't the same ones. I actually have a good video of them so we knew what they looked like and how big they were in reference to the other ones that we were seeing in the, in the landscape there. So... That pressure is a very key point, though. You're basically just stacking up that that risk to the point where they're, it's not a, an attractive option for them anymore. They look at it and go, I don't want anything to do with this. Wow, that's amazing. It is, I mean, it's incredible because the other, I mean, what they would have done is shot those animals. I mean, that's on a normal day, that's what would have happened, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And that's one thing that uh, I really saw as an opening, Glenn, was... Um, 
they're left to their own devices, and a lot of people aren't going to crawl in the crawl space. Yeah, no kidding. Try and do that. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of where I come. You're the only it. one we know, by the way. You're. <laughs> <laughs> well, very honored to be that. Very honored to be that. Um, yeah, it was. Um, it's definitely when that kind of situation presents itself to me, I feel like I'm right where I need to be, and I feel very privileged to be there. So. Um, it, it's like you said, their, their other option was I'm going to go in there and shoot it because I don't know what else to do. So I'm helping not only condition those cougars, but help the community around here and help condition them in a way, so to speak, to saying, Hey, there's another option that we can do this. We don't have to go just with a bullet. So, and the beauty of that is we're utilizing the animal's natural territorial range to say, Hey, if we condition these animals in this little geographic scope, to stay away from you, your livestock, your family, all that, what that does is now we have animals that are conditioned there, and hopefully they'll lock in that little real estate chunk for that geographic area, and we won't have other animals come in. Because what happens if they would have shot that cougar is you just get an influx of new cougars that you're going to repeat this cycle again, and it becomes a very cyclical problem that if not addressed in a way that is uh, producing long-term results, it's just going to keep cropping up on you. So if that makes any sense. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Now, so I assume, bef- we'll get to horses next, but I wanted to ask you, bears, I assume, is the other thing you deal with a lot. Yeah, a lot of bears. Um, you know, a lot of that is, uh, well, a lot of these are actually helping teach people about what our behaviors and what our actions do when we're living out in, like, a wild landscape. It's definitely not a park-like environment. So, a lot of bears come in for trash. You know, a lot of people yeah. out here, we don't have a trash service, so they'll stack in the back of their truck. And you're basically putting up, like, an all-you-can-eat buffet for a bear, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, this is amazing. You know, things are <laughs> localized in one little easy, high-up table to reach, you know. so We were just talking about Golden Corral. Like it's like Golden Corral for a bear. It's like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Golden Corral. <laughs> Thanks. When I was trying to think of the name, I was like, I know there's a name that's Yeah, somewhere. Golden Corral so your like name. Golden Corral for a bear. Exactly. <laughs> They go in there like, well, I might have some Chinese food tonight, and then I might migrate over to the Mexican food, and maybe we'll finish off some biscuits and gravy. And it's it's a it's a problem that um, is easily fixed so if we can help adjust the behavior. And then you can also do some conditioning with those bears too when they come into play. So, and then the obvious animal that takes the spotlight is wolves that we that I deal with up here. So um, that's a big big animal. That the W word up here is a very invoking word either of passion on both extremes of the spectrum so to speak so okay every listener now is going to kill me if i don't ask the following question and jamie's already thinking it um and that of course is have any of these interventions gone terribly wrong it depends on how you define terribly wrong. i'm talking about (laughs) hospitals wrong that's what i'm talking about No, no. Um, the only reason I've been to the hospital is broken bones for other reasons. But uh, Oh, those involve horses. We've all had those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're a horse rider, you're like, oh, yeah, no, just a toe or a you know, foot? Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we got another one. No, uh, most, of these, most of these don't go wrong at all. A lot of them don't go to my initial plan <laughs> because I have this perspective of how it should be, and the animals tell me, yeah, maybe not. So. Like That's that what we say in, in in horse training is have a plan. Don't fall in love with it. <laughs> exactly. And that's what uh, that's a very good way to put it. My, I guess, saying is um, I stuck on plans for a while in my 20s, and I was like, you know, that's not the way to do it. It's have a goal. And really the plan can be ever-changing. It can be mercurial and just kind of 
not have a form because the moment we're like, well, it has to go this way and this way and this way. As you guys know, in the horse world, it just the horses are usually really good teachers of, well, let's try a variation of your plan, but we'll get to the same goal. <laughs> okay, Eventually. fair enough. So. <laughs> so how do horses come into play? You also do, through your business, you also do some educational rides and things. Tell us about those. Okay, so those, um, which unfortunately COVID's put a little damper on, but um, so those educational rides come in various forms. Either it's a... Uh, a lot of my work is done as a range rider out in big landscapes, uh, like out in big, um, large geographic areas. So that's when I utilize horses. So most of my rides are taking them out in the back country. So whether it's a range rider for a day, like come experience what it's like to actually be range riding. And I'll explain that if you guys want down in the conversation, but, um, or come out and, uh, just do a guided trail ride. And we can talk about everything from what kind of tree species we're riding through to what kind of species are out here and how they utilize the landscape and kind of just our our uh, interaction with the landscape and what that does. So it, they're very wide-ranging in what, what basically the audience is looking for. So some people are like, man, I just really want to see a bear. And it's like, well, that's fair enough. And some people are like, well, I really want to know why the bear is really important to the ecosystem and what that bear can do to that neighbor or that rancher. So... Um, very wide-ranging topics, but and some of them are as simple as just come out and take photos. Um, I'm a published photographer, so I can take people out and get them a good shot and line them up, and then they have a good experience. They get to learn. The animal gets shot with a camera um, instead of a gun. It's, it's a really win-win, and then it allows me to continue my mission of education and, and outreach and kind of coexistence. Uh, Jamie, you know how the how our listeners are always talking about wanting to do We've done uh, listener cruises and things in the past. They want to do a land-based one. That sounds like an amazing, amazing oh, land-based one <laughs> right there. I, oh, I was yeah, just no, thinking I... that the best thing you could teach me is to how to, how to do what you do with snakes. <laughs> if you could encourage them yeah, to leave yeah. and I don't have to... Deal with them anymore. Just poke they, them with a stick and get them to leave. They like... tend to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't have to take snakes far distance away uh, especially if they're like rattlesnakes they have a high vernaculum they need to stay close to but i actually just got done probably two weeks ago free handling my second rattlesnake so it was kind of a neat adventure but uh so yeah if done calmly you could you can remove snakes from areas too and that's kind of a that's a common one jamie is is especially with horses you know so is having snakes out there and having to worry about that so that's something that I'd be happy to show you sometime. Okay, great. <laughs> what, what's Burn the website where we snake. can we book you? Can you come snake over? Snake Wrangler One Hundred and One. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, this is a... the website. If you guys want any yeah. more additional information, ever is a. It's just the name of my horse, Griffs. It's griffs.com. Super easy. G R I P H S dot com. All right. Before we run out of time, tell us about your horse. We have to hear yeah. about your horse. So Griff is kind of a, he's an amazing horse that um, I was thankful to have found. He was a slaughter-bound equine. Uh, he was kind of destined to become dog food. So he and I met back in 2009, I believe now, 2008, sorry. Um, and, man, he, he just kind of helped change my life, and I helped change his. I don't know who saved who. And it was a very valuable lesson of, man, there's a lot of horses out there that, 
that um, for whatever reason are in kind of a bad situation, and it was a really big honor to help him out of that. And then you know now we're we're running a business. That's the boss guy. So he's the fastest horse on the planet, I believe. <laughs> he's never mm-hmm. never uh, lost a race. A lot of people want to race him for some reason, and I have to hold him back. And I'm like, let's not embarrass him there. You know, that's a purebred <laughs> racehorse. We can't just blow past him and blow the doors off, Chris. So. No, he's a great mountain horse. He gets up there and does things that just blow my mind every day. Um, he's a best friend, and and he's he's uh, actually now we've rescued um, more horses from slaughter. So that's kind of our mission that I've uh, kind of promised back to him is that we'll try and find horses that are in need of a home and kind of give them a new purpose in life. So a lot of these animals were destined for slaughter. They're coming back out. Now they're out there range riding and helping bridge the gap and helping coexistence happen. So it's it's been a pretty neat journey, I'll tell you that. So. Very cool. Uh, uh, the website well, is griffs.com. Thank you so much, Daniel. We really appreciate you coming on. i got to tell you, I am impressed. I'm, <laughs> I, well, you're, I'll call you later. You're, you're the first and only one we have ever met that poked a uh, a, a cougar in the butt. So uh, <laughs> With a stick. Glenn, with, a with a stick. stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I would I need a 12-mile-long stick, Jamie. I would need a much longer <laughs> stick than he had. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, thanks you know, a bunch. That's, uh, that's... <laughs> hey, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it, Jamie. I appreciate it, Glenn. You All guys right. have a terrific day. Bye-bye. You too. Okay, I feel less of a man every minute this show. Wow. Would you have... Would you get that close to a cougar? <laughs> you know what I love is the respect that... When, when he first started the interview, I was like, oh, my God, what are we getting into here? Because I was thinking he's talking about... Going to take care of some wolves for some ranchers. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, who know, are we I talking know. to right now? What did you book? Like, oh, God. <laughs> and then the, then obviously unfolding the respect that he has for animals and for horses. And everything was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was admirable. So Amazing. Uh, I, I would like him to come and take care of my snake problem. <laughs> you don't have a snake problem compared to Mary Kitzmiller. Oh, my God, she's posting snakes every day. <laughs> It's awful. And you're still fake. Did you block her? Did you hide her? Oh, I don't. I yeah, I don't look at snake. You know, I don't look at snake pictures. It doesn't. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have some time for some uh, real first world problems that people have. I doubt any of these have cougars living in their barn, though. I doubt that. You never know. First world problems. First world problems. First world problems. All right, remember, if you have an equestrian problem, it is a first-world problem. That is how we are living right now. I would tell you, I would say, Glenn, how do people become an auditor at this time of day? But you can't become an auditor today because the website's down. But normally, how would they do it? I'd go to the website and scroll down the right-hand side of the page, horseradionetwork.com, and you'd see, oh, there is something they can do. I forgot. Horsesinthemorning.com still up. Go to horsesinthemorning.com and scroll down to the right side of the page. You see the auditor banner. I forgot totally about that. Horse in the Morning on a different server. So there you go. Uh, scroll down and you'll see the auditor banner for as little as $3 a month. You too can be part of the fun. Yes. And and so on Sunday night slash Monday morning, I will put up a post to, to ask for people to share their problems. And this is what happens. People share all of these very sad, emotional, terrible, sad, horrible things. Um, so let's get started. People have I mean, problems. Uh, There's no question today. 
people have problems and, and horses have problems and well, let's start with Heather. My daughter just joined 4-H in the horse division, and all the activities look so fun that I want to be a kid and participate. Being an adult is stupid. I agree. I think being an adult's stupid, too. <laughs> I totally yeah, Jill- agree with that. <laughs> you agree with that. Jillian said, I had a full week of camping and riding every single day, but now today I have to go back to work to pay for my horses. They just won't pay for themselves. Uh, Carrie says, I asked in the auditor group for recommendations on winter breaches, and everyone had such good suggestions that now I feel like you need to buy like three pairs. <laughs> and that solved the problem. Well, and then I posted uh, stickyseat.com, four pairs. How do you know? And we have encourage those? you spending your money. Um, yeah. Chantel said, and this is a different Chantel than the next one. Chantel said, it's only light outside long enough for me to work with one of my horsies after supper, not both. And now I have to decide between them. Oh, and I think or, November 1st, it's even going to be no horses after supper. Uh, isn't that when we change the clocks November just 1st? Just have supper at like nine. Yeah. What's your deal? <laughs> Duh. In problem the morning. solved. <laughs> And now the other Chantel says, I need to ask at work if I can change my hours to come in late a couple of days a week so I can ride, but I know they will let me, but it's so scary to ask. Girl, <laughs> come on. I get know what Chantel there. that is, too. Come on, Chantel, you can do it. I mean, that's the problem. It's all of us women have been girl. held down for so many years. I want you to take an example with Swiss Skydiver. Race to the finish line, girl. <laughs> Either that or get a stick and poke them in the butt. One of the two will work. <laughs> Erica says, oh, my God, I have a new horse coming on Sunday. But now I have to buy all new blankets. <laughs> uh, Statelinetech.com. Can I just tell you how excited I am? Because Miles and Stan Lee, both, I measured them both for 72. And they're both 72s, which, by the way, Stan Lee was like a 62 last year. So he's exponentially growing. So they're both exactly the same size. And I was like, oh, God, now I have to buy two new, like the Weatherby to a heavy blankets that I like. And uh, I went out and found Zara's from last year. She is a 72. So I only had to buy one. <laughs> Pretty excited. And they're all the same damn color. (laughs) Of course. So let's orange spray paint, paint big initials or something. You paint the the size on the side. Just paint the size. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I got to remember what horse is what size. It's a pain. Um, Celeste says, my baby horse went to her first ever full horse trials this weekend, and she was so good. She came in like seventh out of a 20-plus horse division at a really large and overwhelming venue, and I'm so freaking proud of her. But that means we were one place shy of getting a freaking ribbon. They only went up to sixth, and you got seventh. Oh, that sucks. (laughs) It sucks so bad. I feel your pain. You're like, no green or brown? Come on. Jennifer uh, got a purple one the other day. I don't know. Yeah, what... I think purple. Seventh? Brown is, purple is seventh and brown is eighth. Yeah, she went to a Ask show and or did uh, some kind of uh, show the other day and actually got it in the mail. She got a purple ribbon. If, she was so here's, here's my advice, sir. If you leave the purple one in the sun for a couple days, it, it turns, turns blue. blue. <laughs> so, yay! 
place. First place. <laughs> um, Mary says, I have to pack for a trip, but I haven't done it in so long. I can't remember what I actually need to bring. Is that your Mary? Is that one of your Marys? Yes, Yes. she's packing to come here. She is driving from Wyoming, Glenn. Oh, my God. That's a hike, huh? She's bringing Sunny, the puppy that I love. Um, So, yeah, it's a hike. I think it's like two days full of driving. She's committed. It's awesome. Uh, Teresa says, it's my first day back to work after taking vacation time. Last week, enough said. I want to stay home and play with the ponies all day forever. <laughs> every horse it. girl's dream right there. I get it. You are living uh, every horse girl's dream actually. You know what? I mean, I read that and I was like, you know what? Go get certified. And then you have a booming business where <laughs> you have a waiting list until March because everybody wants their horse trained gently, but nobody knows how to find somebody to do it because there's nobody in the middle of the country that does it. I would love to have some competition. Go get certified. I'm wait. I'm certified. I'm, the, the process you have begins. One spot this left. Week. You can book. And this I have one week. spot left. Yeah, right. yeah. Come on. It starts Friday. Um. Lisa says I got one of those like super cool Pivo things, and now I can video my rides. But I also slowed the video down, and then I could see how bad my lower leg looks. <laughs> it looks fine <laughs> in normal speed. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jenny says, I have two less horses this winter, yay, than last winter, and they needed blankets, and so now I have all of these blankets, and none of my horses need them. Let me defer back to, let's see, who needed it all? Oh, Erica. So talk to Erica Harvey. She needs blankets, so you can go ask her, because apparently you have too many and she doesn't have enough. See, uniting the horse world one episode at a time. That's right. We are uniters. We are here to help. Uh, Matt says, Saturday I sprayed my waterproofing on my blankets to get them ready for winter. And, well, it rained last night, so I have to wait for them to dry to do the next set. <laughs> did it work? Did it. Were they waterproof? <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Epigenia says, I got to attend a Karen O'Connor clinic for free. But I don't have my one jumping horse to apply anything to (laughs) girl. I know I'm like, I don't have anything to jump right now and I'm getting an itch. I'm an itch. Uh, Ellen said, I went to a three phase driving event and my mini mare beat her class in cones and in obstacles, but lost the entire competition because her dressage sucks. (laughs) She drives the dressage the same way. She drives the other two phases fast and twisty. (laughs) You know, I don't know much about driving dressage, but I do know fast and twisty is not the way you want to do riding. Way. No, dressage. it's not. In, they're pretty much the same. You really want to do dressage the same way with both. Uh, and you know what? There are a lot of vendors that would like to get rid of dressage too. So, <laughs> okay, so like if you know the judges marks at the bottom of the thing, like, you know what? You did a really good job being fast and twisty. Said no judge ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> Susanna, uh, I did have one say, your horse is a bully. That was fun. Um, (laughs) Susanna said, I'm farm sitting to make extra money to pay for my saddle flocking. Things we do for our damn horses. She didn't tell me there's no power in the barn, though, so I had to use my phone flashlight to clean stalls. (laughs) Jeez, that sucks. That'd be a day of dirty (laughs) stalls is what that would be in my world. Uh, Yeah, I I think my flashlight or my phone flashlight would run out before I got How do you hold a phone? I don't know. She probably had it precariously perched on an edge someplace. Don't perch it over the water bucket. (laughs) That's true. All in. Uh, Jessica says, that's I one place to... I've never dropped my phone. Knock on wood. Oh, Lucas took mine. 
when he was like two and he had my phone and he just walked right over the chicken water and just chucked it in. <laughs> just like looked at me and was like, boom, like he dropped a mic. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't <sighs> funny. It was like $1,200 worth of. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> I, I, I got insurance on it when I had I have dropped mine in the toilet. I have. Done Did that. you put yours when you, I was loading a car seat, the car seat into the car and I put my phone on the top of the car and I put the car seat in and I drove down the road. I yeah. have done that with my wallet. Oh, did your wallet get run over and obliterated into 10 million pieces as I, you found it? I when never you realized found it. it. Yeah, you, you found your phone in 10 million pieces. I never found my it, wallet. It's it hard to miss. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody remember, saw that wallet. I like, win, oh, though. Remember, I had my phone go flying at the racetrack here at Daytona Beach onto the track. Remember. Oh, my God. That's really stupid. <laughs> and, and, and it didn't break. That was the amazing part. Hey, little That's crack. amazing. Yeah. Uh, Jessica says, I have to choose between my pony and pup getting adjusted by the chiropractor, by the chiropractor, or me, Advil for breakfast today. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to go that way? Can't you get a and three then, for one discount? Uh, I know, right? Can you just, can you just, uh, whenever my horse, equine chiropractor that is out and she's adjusting somebody, I'm like, can you just please, my, right here, just right here, just do it. This, no, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Same with acupuncture. I'm like, can you stick a needle like down in here? No. Okay. Uh, Kim says, yay, Guinness, and I want a really nice neck ribbon. <clears throat> I'm not jealous at all. At championships. But by the time the calculations were done, it had to be mailed. So I don't have any on-around photos from the actual horse show photographer. There's a lot of people not getting those this year. You're not the only one. <laughs> but congratulations. Well done. Yeah, I, when yeah. I when I went to that last horse show with Abby, we had to. I just came back and picked up the ribbons later because they have to. They don't pre do the presentations and the sh at the show anymore. You have to go down to the to the judge's booth or the booth and pick up your ribbons. And so like, I didn't get the pretty picture of them pinned on his bridle. I get it. it sucks. <laughs> All those. And then poor Celeste one didn't more. even get a ribbon. That was it. That was my last. All one right. Good. Yay. Well, I'm, I'm very sorry for all of your problems. They sound disastrous. They really I know. Do. Well, it's, it's sad. I mean, too many blankets, not enough blankets, not enough ribbons, too many ribbons. Ah, <laughs> How do we survive? Well, let's go to our Equiderma guest for today. And you'll all, the all of you that have listened to the Eventing Radio Show in the past know her well. Her name is Liz Holiday. She was one of the hosts of that show for a very long time. And she, Jamie, is having a hell of a year in eventing this year. She uh, won the Great Meadow International CCI four-star in Virginia in August and then turned around and won the controversial Plantation Field CCI four-star with the Nero Z. So... Uh, she's having a good year this year, and she has a bunch of other horses in training right now and is doing very well. So I wanted to get, uh, we'll get Liz Holiday on here and uh, get, chat with her. It's been a while since I've talked to her, actually. She, uh, she has such good horses, and she does such a good job with them. Oh. Hi, Liz. It's uh, Glenn and Jamie. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hey, no worries. Heck of a year you got going on here, girl. Yeah, it's been pretty good so far. I'm busy, but good. <laughs> Understatement of a lifetime. So I got to ask you, first question is, uh, do, do you 
did you think that COVID and the little bit of a break helped you this year? Not that you were doing bad before, but do you know what I mean? Um, well, I think it helped uh, probably for some of the horses' flat work a little bit because um, it gave me time to kind of plug away on a few things that once you're up and running in the season, it's hard to kind of address them when you've got events all the time. So, you know, from that standpoint, I think it was helpful. Uh, you know, past that, it was difficult mentally for me because I like being a busy person and I like working. So it was kind of hard to give them all a break when, when the first shutdown happened and sort of go from full speed ahead with hopes on the Olympics and a good result to Kentucky to sort of everything on holiday. So that was, that was difficult, but, um, but ultimately we found new goals and I think, um, I was able to get all the horses in a better place. Now, we I just mentioned before we called you about uh, De Niro and, and how he did at Great Meadow and then at Plantation Field, too. Is De, is, is De Niro qualified for the Olympics? How's that working now this year? Oh, yeah, he's qualified. He was okay. qualified from Burley last year. Okay, I didn't know so, if that held uh, over yeah, or how it worked. Uh, yeah, so so far it has. They've, they've kept the um, selection trials in place from last year or the qualifications rather. And then um, obviously there are new selection trials going forward as well. So Tryon and Galway being one of them. And um, next year, of course, Kentucky and I believe badminton and Jersey fresh are going to be all selection trials as well. So now will, will De Niro have to uh, keep competing to keep his spot? Is that a dumb question? Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I assume he does. I obviously need to um, do a good job in a long format. Um, so I've got my sights set on Tryon for this year and um, obviously going to go there with a, with a good result in mind and do my very best to achieve that. And, and then it's just down to what everybody thinks after that, um, sort of what the, the thoughts are from selectors and our coach, um, Eric. And um, But I, I would expect that I need to perform at Kentucky next year as well. Would you have gone overseas? Did you have plans to go overseas this year? Yeah, I'd, I'd originally hoped that I could go back to Burley when the Olympics were canceled. Um, that had been my plan. And then, of course, when that got canceled, I then sort of hoped that I might be able to go over to Le Leon with a couple horses and then go on to Poe with De Niro. And then it just got to a point where it was too risky, really, to um, take take the chance of shipping them over with all the different COVID restrictions that keep happening. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that our our um, director, Jenny Autry, thought that it was not a good idea, and I actually agreed on that. I sort of felt that it was a real risk to go over there and ultimately not be allowed to compete, maybe have the horses stuck over there. And, and not be able to come home. A big, long yeah. journey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just it was really a horse welfare issue from my standpoint. And so I just had to speak to the owners and say, look, guys, I, I think we should just shelve this plan and set our sights on a on an American plan for the rest of the year. And they were all happy to do that. And you fortunately had, fortunately, there has been some events, you know, Great Meadow and, and, and Plantation that you, you could do the upper level riding at. So, you know, it's still, it's still not like going to Europe. Do you think that not going to Europe for the American riders this year is going to make a big difference or not so much? Um, I mean, of course, we get really, really great competition over in Europe. That's kind of what we miss here is that the, the level of competition is so strong when you go to Britain and, and Europe and it's it's really intense. You know, events like Bukalo where there's over 100 people in the four-star and it's 
so, so competitive and, um, of course, so many other events over there. So that side of it is disappointing. In saying that, I would say, like, like the Great Meadows felt as big and as much of a tough competition as any event I've done in England as far as the quality of riders and horses that were there and that the depth of the field. You know, we had, I think, 70 horses in the class. And um, it was nearly all of the top horses and riders in the country were there. And it, it felt that level of pressure, which was actually really great. So um, that, that was really cool. And um, Plantation wasn't, wasn't miles off that. I mean, we didn't have quite as many horses. We still had 40 or 50, I think. So um, we've been lucky to have a few of those premier events that have been good courses, you know, strong fields so that we feel as riders that we're still under that pressure that we would be under. It's, it's not like we're competing with six other people in a four-star, which would be no good. Now, uh, De Niro's a uh, Dutch Warmblood, right? He is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but his granddad is a full thoroughbred, so he does have a, a good bit of uh, blood in him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if I know you have a lot of horses that you're playing with right now. If they're if the listeners are going to follow you and another one other than De Niro, which one would you say to keep the eye on? Oh wow. Um well, I'd say we could look at two different sides of things. Because okay. I have a, a really super, super cool seven year old that I've uh only been riding for about a year. And um he's recently moved up to three star. He's called Cooley Be Cool. Um, owned by the Monster Partnership and Ocala Horse Properties. And um, he is just turning into the coolest horse, a bit like his name. I mean, he he's literally done three intermediates now, two of which were three-star. He's finished second and fourth in those and um, in, in big fields, big competitive fields. And he's won a short two-star and a long two-star all this year. And um, I really think he is going to be one to watch for the future. He's only seven, but... He's going to be a super, super cool guy. And, of course, Cooley Quicksilver. You know, he's my my weird, bendy, flexible, strange horse that did <laughs> Bookalow last year as an eight-year-old. And he's he's a really, really cool horse. He's he's definitely unique. He's his own personality. <laughs> I've had him from the beginning of his career. And um, he's going to um, head out to Galway is the plan, which is exciting. So um, that'll be a nice trip for him. And he, of course, was my reserve at the Pan Ams last year. So he flew to Lima last year. And He's a he's a really really uh, unique horse. <laughs> That's the way I'd put it. But I love him dearly. He's he's called the monster um, fondly at home. It's kind of how like you like him anyway. So I know none of my horses are, are <laughs> simple, but I think that's what makes them good. I think they've got to have something about them, or they don't have the fight in them for the big stuff. So well, yeah. seeing that you know you are you're you're dropping all these big names and these big events. What advice would you give? Because a lot of our listeners and some of us hosts as well are the lower level eventers. What is what are some of the things that you've learned along the way that you would like to pass on to the younger or the kind of more beginner eventer generation? Wow. Um... Well, one, one thing that's my, my big belief and sort of, I guess, my, my motto is that you have to treat every horse as an individual. You know, just like people, there's not one answer for riding. There's not one answer for what you do with every horse. Um, they, they are different people just like we are. So I think it's, it's really important to kind of find what makes them tick and what makes each horse happy and be that, finding the right bit or the right bridle or the right 
warm-up or a training technique. It's just a matter of, of finding the way to, to make them find their best. So that's that's a really big belief of mine. And, and also just, just keep going, you know, keep working hard and never be afraid to, to fail because that's the only way we get better. And I've certainly... Uh, I wouldn't want to admit how many times I've fallen off this year. I think I've lost track <laughs> in competition, but, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's part of this job. You know, we, we get it wrong and we have to learn from that and then just try and do our best to, to take the good bits forward and improve on it. I love it. I love it. Thank you. That uh, it, it, every eventer I know has one kind of go-to thing and, and you, by keeping each horse an individual, you know, there's not one bit, there's not one saddle, there's not one, uh, go button for for the, every horse it is very individual and i'm glad you bring that up cool absolutely now i have to ask you you have a collection of grays in your barn right now way too many grays uh so <laughs> i assume <laughs> equiderma products are being used to an extent at your facility Oh my gosh! I think we are flying through that shampoo. <laughs> my, my poor, my poor girls, and we're very lucky to to have Equiderma in the barn and be sponsored by them. And they have so many great products. And um, I mean, we use the shampoo and the conditioner every day. And the the thrush product is one of my absolute favorites. It literally lives in the bucket with the hoof pick, where the horses come in from the field and they get their feet picked out and they get that put in, sort of every day. And, so you um, use it as a yeah, preventative. The thrush product as a preventative yes, as well. Yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about the thrush product yes. in that way before. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's sort of our our choice a little bit because I think it's very easy, especially when they go out and they're on different kinds of ground. If you kind of leave the feet for even a couple of days too long, sometimes they can get moisture in there and things crop up. And especially when we're in Florida because it's so humid down there, and um, we get hot summers and. It's just important to, to really keep an eye on their feet and, and keep after it. And we've, we've had good results just using that as prevention. So it's kind of become our thing. <laughs> I got to tell you, I'm looking at pictures of all of your grades that you posted recently on your Facebook page. And uh, they are very shiny. So I would say the Equiderma shampoo and conditioner is working because <laughs> they're a shiny group. <laughs> so far. What's your, what's your trick? <laughs> what's your tail well, trick? I, I think to keep them oh, white. You'd have to ask. You'd have to ask my head groom, Claire Tiscos, about that. She is the, the master, <laughs> and I think it's a, it's a mixture of regular washing all the time, and obviously whitening shampoo as well helps. But just, I mean, at the shows, I think they probably want to kill me when we end up with like four of them at one show, and they're up early every day. They have to get washed <laughs> before I can even ride them around because, of course, gray horses know how to get dirtier than any other horse as well, don't yeah. they? they just, I think that's part of the go-to. They can find the poop makeup. pile and roll in it better than any other horse the gray can. They know where that exactly. poop pile is. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm glad you really like the Equiderma products. You know, we use them here, and Jamie uses them as well. And they're, they're, all of their products are great, but we, I, I never thought about using the Thrush product as a preventative, so that's, that's an interesting idea too. We also have a coupon code. It's Equiderma.com. Uh, uh, go there and use HRN15, all one, all one word, HRN, the number's 15, coupon code for 15% off of everything. All right, now for listeners of the Horse Radio Network. Before we let you go, first of all, good luck the rest of the year, and we're 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 excited that we're thinking positive. There will be an Olympics next year, and you're going to be at it, so we're going to go with that. Um, but I do have to oh, ask you. <laughs> I like that, <laughs> Liz. I looked it up. It was 11 years ago when we first talked to you on the Horse Radio Network. Um, 
it, oh, it's, it's been 11 wow. years and we talked to you about <laughs> racing. You, you were in Europe at the time. Uh, and what some people may not know is that Liz was, is also a race car driver or was, I'm not sure if you're still playing in it. Do you miss it? Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, no, I did, I did sort of, uh, uh, stop doing that about eight years ago. Now I decided to just fully commit myself to horses and, and try and get one sport right. Um, but I do, I do miss it a lot. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I was very lucky to race at the highest level of endurance racing and it was, um, something I'll never forget. It's still, uh, in my heart and you never know one day I might get, get behind the wheel again. But right now my, my real goal is to, uh, be on a lot of teams uh, for, for Team USA and help them win some medals. So that's my first and foremost goal now is four legs, not four wheels. <laughs> do, do you, uh, when Le Mans comes on, do you still watch? Well, I actually, um, I worked for Eurosport International for a, a long time, about 10 years. And I was at Le Mans every year for them. So I did the pit reporting live and I did commentary for British Eurosport for a lot of years. So it was only... Um, when I decided to go to Le Moulin two years ago, which was the same weekend as Le Mans, that I had to sort of turn them down. And but, um, so I, I've kind of been at Le Mans nearly every year up until recently. And um, it was kind of tough. I always enjoyed it when we were doing the live TV because it's a lot of fun. But it was always tough to be there because I still know a lot of the drivers and they were always saying to me, oh, don't you wish you were driving? And I'm like, yes, of course I do. <laughs> um, but now that I'm gone from it, I don't, I don't watch anything. I don't watch any racing on TV not a thing because it just makes me sad. So I'm better off to just fully disconnect. All right. Sounds kind of weird. I know, but that's just how I roll. (laughs) Last question. This was from our listeners, Jill, who knew we were talking to you today. And she sent me a private message and says, I need to know if Liz drives really fast in her car on the regular roads. (laughs) Um, Not really. You'd be surprised. I'm, I'm rarely do I do that because it's kind of a, sort of a different switch in my brain when I was on the track it was kind of a different way but but I will say one little funny story um which I probably shouldn't admit but um I was in Florida not that long ago my husband has recently gotten a really cool car and I don't I usually am in the big dually or the truck you know I don't drive anything that's very fast but yeah, and those diesels a, just don't want to go TV. really fast <laughs> it's like, no, no they don't so my husband has this awesome Mercedes and um, I was driving it and every time I drive it I get like some guy on the road that I don't know, like wants to race me or something. I don't know if it's because they see a girl in the car or what, but so this guy in this truck was um, right up my backside as I was turning into a fairly small road in Florida and I started speeding up and he kept speeding up. It was right up and I was like, right, I'm done with this. And <laughs> off I went down the road at about 120 miles an hour. <laughs> I didn't realize I was going that fast and then went, fully in hot into one turn, you know, quite a tight turn. And the guy literally flashed his lights at me and just backed off. <laughs> I was like, I should do 120 miles an hour down a country road. <laughs> that dude but, did yeah, not know little, who moment. he was messing with. Oh my God. He picked the wrong woman to mess with that day. Yeah. Good it was Lord. funny. I had to laugh at myself. I was like, uh, I don't do that often, but I was like, Right. Are we really doing this? Okay. See you later. (laughs) I love it. It was a fun little moment. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Thank you, Liz. We appreciate you joining us. Good luck this year. Thank you so much. It was fun to be on. All right. Take care. (laughs) That dude did not know. That's awesome. He didn't know what was coming. No no idea. (laughs) I was just trying to pick her up. It's hot. (laughs) 
Equiderma.com, HRN15. This is the coupon code. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna hang around a little bit and talk. This is my last day for a while, so we're gonna talk to the auditors for a minute or two. Jennifer's gonna join us actually. I have to bring her into this conversation. We have something to talk to her about too. But I did. There was bad news just came out. It's breaking. I gotta let you know. Regal Theaters is closing again. What? Yeah, Regal Theaters is closing until further notice. They said it's two things. One, nobody's going. And two is no movies are coming out. So they're going to, they just announced they're closing all their theaters until further notice. That's my problem, is why I haven't been to a movie because there's no movies to see. Yeah, they keep putting them off. Even, um, Black uh, Black Widow has been pushed off till next year now. I'm so, so pissed about that. And know. you know that SpongeBob, the new SpongeBob movie, isn't coming out at all in the theaters anymore. Do you know how angry I am about that? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm upset too. I just that's all. I can I'm, tell you're as upset as I, Lucas I am. And so I are. upset about Chad is as upset as you oh, are. I bet. But <laughs> Lucas and I have a different level of upset. <laughs> Yeah, I am really, I just am heartbroken for you. I really am. Ugh. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for the well wishes and everything. Uh, Jamie will be here back here on Wednesday with Debbie, and uh, we'll have a show for you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, all. Oh, buddy. We love you. Stay neuter gelded. <laughs> I don't feel think like I I'm being gelded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, before you're going to the hospital. Hey! To cut a part out. <laughs> Thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it.